Welcome in. This is the Dirt Bike Channel Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Kyle Brotherson here. This being mixed, managed, filmed, everything by yours truly. It's probably why it's probably why it isn't hasn't grown faster is because I do all this by myself. There is no one else. If you want to support this podcast, one of the best ways you can do it is go to Rocky Mountain AT. Go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, and then use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. You can buy anything they sell after clicking my link, and it gives me a little referral bonus, and that helps to put money back in the Dirt Bike Channel coffers so that we can do things like bike reviews and gear reviews and all of the things. Helps to support my business, helps to support my family, and I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. If you're listening to this in the month of March 2022, I'm also giving away a Gas Gas EC300 and then a also a KTM 65 for the little guys, uh, a bike that my boys have been riding for, well, they rode for several years from 2018 until relatively recently. So we've got that going on. Go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com. All the details are over there. I've given away 20 motorcycles. This is going to be my 22nd. 21st and 22nd motorcycles that we've ever given away. So pretty excited for that. So head to dirtbikechannel.com to uh, get entered for that. Several ways you can get entered. No purchases necessary. Um, So yeah. So the reason I want to talk about dressing for cold rides. Um, Two reasons we're talking about this today. Number one reason is I look at the weather and I I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out for a ride this week or not. But I look at the weather this week, and here's what I have for the next... Well, it, it, was, it snowed the last couple of days here in Utah. And then today, in my area, high of 27 degrees. So we're going to peak at 27 degrees, which the last time I checked is 5 degrees below zero... Or 5 degrees below freezing. We're talking Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit here. Um, really low temperatures. Like tonight, it's going to be 9 degrees right where I live. And I'm not even in like one of the higher elevation places. I'm a little bit south of Salt Lake City. Um, tomorrow's a little bit warmer. Uh, it gets more, it gets, uh, you know, a little bit warmer, maybe high of 42 ish on Saturday when a lot of people will probably go riding and that will be a great day. Like 42 high of 42 is a great temperature for riding. Um, anytime we get into the forties, I feel like that's, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, those are prime temperatures for riding. Um, but oftentimes we don't have that luxury like right now, like today. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things we can do to dress for colder riding because this will extend your riding season, you know, whether it's into the fall or get you out earlier in the spring or whatever. These are some of the little tricks that I've learned over the last few years that might be helpful to some of the newer listeners to the channel or newer riders or even just seasoned vets. You might get, you know, a little nugget here that you can use into that you can take into your riding. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. You know, being cold on a ride can really dampen things. We go out there, we spend all this time and energy getting somewhere, and then we often, we can't control the weather. And we're at the mercy of the weather so very often when it comes to these rides, as many of you know. Um, And I can think back to a number of rides when at least by the end of the day or the latter part of the day, you know, the cold weather really starts to take a toll on you and can take the fun out of things just a little bit, you know, and most of the time that I'm cold, most of the time we're talking either at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day. And sometimes it's both, you know, there's usually like a section there, a few hours in the middle where the temperatures come up or whatever, and you, and you're pretty warm and you're pretty comfortable. 
but we've got to, we've got to prepare for this, you know? And so I have some things, uh, that we'll talk about today that have helped me prepare, um, and, and have the right gear. Some of the challenges that we have when we're riding dirt bikes, as far as like dealing with the weather and dealing with cold is oftentimes it involves an early morning start for various reasons. Um, and it off, it also often involves late evenings and that's usually because of work or other things that we have going on. We need to get out early so we can get back and be able to do this thing or that thing with the family or the wife or, or whatever, or some other work thing, or maybe your ride takes you late into the evening because you had to work earlier, earlier in the day. And so you started late afternoon, you know, there's a whole host of things. Another thing that can kind of make this an issue, especially where I live in the Intermountain West, is high, eleva- high elevation. Even when we ride desert terrain here in Utah, the lowest that I ever ride in Utah is about 3,000 feet, which is about a half a mile above where a lot of people ride ever, you know? So even 3,000 feet is considered high elevation, but most of our rides start here in Utah started around five, 6,000 feet, and then they can go up to eight, nine, 10,000 feet. And, and as the air gets, the air is thinner, it seems to be more susceptible to, you know, temperature fluctuations. In my opinion, you get a little bit thinner air, you know, there's pros and cons to that, but you know, so the high elevation amplifies the temperature swings, I, I think. And then another thing that we deal with, at least I deal with is usually my clothes are soaked through with sweat multiple points of the ride, if not the entire ride. And, and oftentimes you don't even notice it until you stop in the cold weather. And then all of a sudden, or, or you go through a fast section, you know, in, in this cold. And then you find out that, holy cow, there's so much cold that your clothes are so cold next to you because they're soaked with sweat. It's crazy. I sweat like nuts. Obviously you don't sweat as much in the winter time if it's cold. But as soon as things get tough and slow, you do start to build up that body heat. And then your body is trying to shed that energy, shed that, that uh, heat off. It sweats like in the small of your back, you know, behind your knees, obviously armpits and different things. And it's like all of a sudden you're wet in all these places, you know, and it's funny because, you know, you get these usually at least on my rides, a lot of times there's some really slow parts you know, technical parts where you're just, you know, you're wrestling this 250 pound machine plus your body, plus your gear and all that stuff. And your heart rate increases and the body temperatures come up and then you really start to sweat a lot. And then right after that, or oftentimes after that, you get kind of a faster section where it really just cools you down and suddenly you're freezing. And then luckily in some cases, you know, in some cases, uh, you will then have another slower section, which kind of brings the body temperature back up and you do this cycle. It's just this cycle all day long. And uh, a lot of times at the end of these, at the end of these rides, especially if it's really, really cold, I get in the truck and I just have the heater on. And I'm just like, wow, uh, it's just like you go through the, all, all these temperature fluctuations and it can really take a lot out of you. Obviously, we need to be hydrating. We need to have snacks and calories and things in our pack. Uh, but I want to talk about, in fact, I just, just mentioned that we need to have snacks. We need to have calories, you know, sugars, things like that in our pack, uh, to help basically, you know, give our body energy to, to continue heating. Here are some tricks as far as clothing goes though. So I've break, I've broken this into, you know, four main sections that I'm going to talk about top layers, uh, gloves, bottom layers, and boots. Um, and that's really because these are the order of things that I think about when I'm dressing. Um, I'm mostly concerned about what I've got on the top of my body. And then I'm concerned very a, a lot about my gloves. 
I'm a little less concerned about what I've got on the bottom layers. Um, obviously that is very important, but I'm a little bit less concerned about that. And then, um, I'm going to just make a note here. Good winter, uh, good winter pants down here. I have an outline here and I just noticed that I didn't put something in. Uh, so, and so top layer I'm most concerned with gloves and then bottom layers and then boots. And we'll just talk about those boots. Really. I don't have a ton to say about it. We'll get to that. So top layers instead of a heavy jacket. I mean, I, I have, I have several heavy jackets that I could wear, but I don't wear them. One of the reasons is because if I've got a big heavy jacket, I don't have a lot of options with it. And even if I, then if I take it off, what am I going to do with it? I've got this big bulky thing. And oftentimes I do need to take things off. Now, what do I do with this big old bulky jacket? So instead of having a heavy jacket, I will wear two to five, occasionally six, but a lot of times it's right between two to five layers. These are just like normal layers on my upper body. In addition to my chest protector, and my backpack. And it's also interesting that you get a ton of extra protection, just wind protection from some sort of a chest protector. Like recently I've been, you know, I used to use a Liat fusion vest. It's like blocks a lot of the wind in your front and back because of the plastic there that does actually help keep you warmer, uh, makes you hot in the summer, but it keeps you warmer in the winter. And another, the one that I'm using right now is the Bushmaster tech vest, which I'll be doing a review on very soon. That is a really breathable piece of, you know, kit, but it also does help keep you warm. It's a little bit of, of extra insulation, um, but I will get a good base layer. I mean, I'm talking about, I may, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to develop and, and have some base layers that I can sell on my website. But right now, one of the ones that I have used for the last couple of years, that's really good is the fly racing base layers. They're not super, uh, they're not super thick. They're just like a regular you know, kind of tight, almost compression style base layer. They come in black. Um, you can send me an email. I'll, I'll uh, maybe I'll hopefully link to it down in the description of this video that's up on YouTube or this podcast. Uh, put it down in the description, but uh, I'll just wear those. I get those good base layers that wicks sweat away. And if it's really cold, like today, if the high is 27 and I'm going to go riding, I probably would wear two of those. Um, and I'll tell and we'll get into it. Why? So I'll double up on that base layer, you know, and then occasionally I would even wear three different base layers. Usually if I wear three different base layers, the one right against my skin is going to be without sleeves. So it'll be like a compression shirt or whatever, a workout shirt, that wicks moisture away that doesn't have sleeves. And then on top of that one, there will be a one that does have sleeves and maybe two that have sleeves. You want to be careful though, that you don't get it bunching up on your arms. We'll talk about that on the, on the bottom. I don't want it to bunch up. So you want to be really careful. Um, I, there's another, there's another base layer that I've been trying out. They were crazy, crazy expensive. I don't even have I can't even remember the name of it, but I, it was like, I don't know, $100 or something for the upper and $100 for the lower and supposed to wick sweat away and all this stuff. You don't need like, you don't need to spend a ton of money. Get yourself a good set of base layers, maybe two sets of base layers, um, and, and then just keep those in with your dirt bike gear. I like to keep all the gear together, you know, and, and have it always together in my riding pack. So maybe I'm wearing two of those base layers. Then on top of that, I'm going to wear a winter or just less vented jersey. Um, climb makes some really good stuff. In the, da in the climb line, you've got DAC the Dakar line. Those are my go-to winter weather stuff. They're incredibly durable, and they aren't as vented. 
that Dakar series. And so it's really warm. And a lot of times I'll wear two of those. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me how warm you will be if you're wearing two or three base layers and then you're wearing two of these more thicker, less vented riding jerseys. So now you have five layers on you and then you'll put your chest protector on and then your helmet and all that other stuff. It's unbelievable how much warmer that is. How, it, it's crazy to me because a lot of times I'll get back to the truck and, you know, I'm usually pretty warm once I get back to the truck. Just depends on the day or whatever. Um, and I'll then strip that stuff off. And then I realize how bloody cold it is because now I'm sitting there shirtless in the back of my truck and I'm going to put my, you know, just my regular clothes back on. And I realize how much more insulated I am with those five layers. And they're just thin layers. If you, if you, if you like add it all up, those five layers that you have on you are less, as far as like in thickness, it's less thick than just like a normal jacket, way less thick, but it, it, you've got a ton of mobility and then you can pull stuff off, pull stuff off. And here's the real magic of it. Cause you start out at the beginning of the day and maybe it's super, super cold. And so you've got those four or five layers on. And then after an hour, you've been working, you've been going through some nasty stuff or whatever. The temperature begins to rise. You notice you're sweating and you can take your pack off and you can shed one or two layers. I do this all the time. And that way I start off the day, you know, with prep prepared and I'm not super cold, but then I can peel a layer or two or three off, just depending, put those in my pack. And oftentimes I'll end up needing to put those back on either. Maybe it starts snowing later or just the wind picks up a lot more. And it's amazing how you can then throw that, that one layer or that two or those two layers back on in an hour or two or three or four or five. And it really makes a big difference. And it isn't like a big bulky thing that you're trying to deal with. You're, you've just got these, these smaller base layers that are easier to deal with. You can stick in your pack. You could use my, you know, my fender, uh, enduro, enduro fender straps to like, you know, bundle these things up and stick it to your fender, front fender, rear fender, whatever. Um, and so I love doing that because sometimes you'll need them. Now, lastly, and I, if, and this is, this is when I, I really watch the weather. I see if, if it's likely to go into the night or if it's likely that we're going to get rain or some sort of like really wind or something, then I want to bring a light wind jacket or a light wind breaker that also has some water resistance or waterproofness. <laughs> That's a good word for you a real waterproofness to be able to block some of that rain or some of that wind. And it's pretty amazing. Like, and I've done this several times. I've got all the, whatever layers I have on, then I put on a shell. Like sometimes I'll have one that's wraps around my waist or I'll just tie, you know, have it tied to my handlebars and not my, my handlebars. Usually it's my fender hooked to my fender with the enduro straps. You put that light jacket on once it gets kind of nasty, or you could start with it on. Um, and just not even having any, any insulation on that, just breaking the wind makes a big difference. So those are my things. I'm going to get two base layers uh, that I'll put on compression type wick, moisture wicking things. Maybe even the third one, maybe the one uh, against my skin is going to be sleeveless and the other two will have sleeves. And then I might put one or two of these warmer weather, I mean, colder weather style jerseys, less vented. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that are off-road you know, specific, some of the, most of the moto stuff, like motocross stuff is going to be really well vented because most of the motos happen, 
in hotter weather. So you might need to look at more of the off-road style stuff. Climb has a lot of that stuff. Fox has some stuff. I hesitate to, I am going to recommend some Fox gloves later, like Fox Legion gloves. Um, but there's some ones out there that are, that are good. And even if you're just wearing, you know, two or three vintage jerseys, it's better off if you get, if you can layer up, you know, so those are, that's my top layer suggestions for you is mostly in the layers. Now let's talk about gloves. Um, it's not uncommon for me, and maybe you can relate. It's not uncommon to be hot pretty much everywhere except for in my hands. Let me get a drink here. Oftentimes when I start these rides, um, I can be pretty warm, but the, ha- the, the air is so cold and you start moving through, especially if you have some sort of a transition area right after you get right when you start the ride where the speeds are higher, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30, 40 miles an hour or something down some Jeep road or whatever, your hands can get frozen right off the bat. And, and that's, that's no fun. One of the other reasons why your hands might get cold at the beginning of a ride is because you're a little bit tense and you're holding on a little bit too tight. Maybe you're super excited. Maybe you're going with a group that you've never been before and you're nervous or whatever. There's a lot of different reasons. I find that I'm pretty tight usually with my hands and my shoulders and my arms at the beginning of a lot of rides until you kind of like ease into it, you know, and you've settled in. Um, and it's obviously, it's often, often like really cold. So sometimes we would just need to loosen our grip up just a little bit to combat that and get more blood flow down into our hands and more circulation down into our hands. So that's, that's just something to think about. On a really cold day like today, if it's a high of 27 degrees, um, I'm going to go to a little bit more of insulated of a glove. Now, I don't want to go too insulated. I don't ever want to wear like ski gloves or anything because I don't have the feel. I need a lot of feel with my fingers on the bars, with my controls and those things. And so what I've found is there's a couple of things that are a happy medium. One of the ones that I've used a ton and it's been my go-to is the Brisker 100%. Um, my goodness. It, oh, it's, it's just the, it's the 100% brisker glove. That's what it is. 100% is the brand brisker is the glove. Uh, that's just the one you can get them from Rocky mountain ATV. They're fantastic. I love those. One of the ones that my buddy Tyler uses a lot. Um, and I, I'm going to order some right now today, but I know it's a good, I know it's good because Tyler swears by it is the Fox leasing Fox racing Legion thermo gloves. So I'm going to buy some of those right now. And hopefully those are also really, really good. I'm sure they are because Tyler, he spends a lot of time with this stuff, um, and uh, he's tested that. So if he's tested it, I'm 100% sure it's, it's good. But the nice thing about these gloves is there's a little bit of extra insulation, just a little bit, but there's not a ton on your palm. That's where I don't need insulation. I don't need insulation on the palm of my hand or on the, you know, the inside of my fingers. I just need it on the top. And so often with these gloves, there's a little bit too much insulation on the palm, the 100% brisker glove is not that way. I The Fox Racing uh, Legion Thermal Glove is not that way. So it's it's still thin. It's a little bit thicker on your, on your palm, but not drastically thicker. And this can really, really help. It's amazing how just having a little bit more insulation on those fingers makes a big difference, okay? But I also would, would uh, you know, suggest that you bring an extra set of gloves in your pack. And usually if I'm going to wear, you know, like the warmer weather, I mean the colder weather gloves, like a brisker glove on my hands to start the day, I want to have a thinner pair of gloves in my pack because 
like I said, oftentimes the temperatures will climb. And if I start to sweat all over or whatever, I don't want sweaty hands. And so I'll switch out to these thinner gloves if the temperatures rise. And then I, if the temperatures fall again or whatever, I can go back to my you know more insulated gloves later in the day if I need. It's also good to have an extra set of gloves in the, in the pack because sometimes you might dump the bike down in the mud and just be, they'd just, just be completely destroyed with mud. Maybe they get completely soaked. I don't worry as much if my gloves are soaked because, you know, if they're just wet, because typically they'll dry off within a half hour or so on the ride. Um, but that can suck a lot of, you know, a lot of heat out of your hands too. And so it's just nice to have a, you know, an extra pair of gloves. So I carry, uh, I'll carry an extra set of gloves in my pack a lot. Although recently I was on a ride maybe last month or something. And I went to, I went to do that a very thing. I started out with the warmer weather gloves and then I went, it wasn't even long. It was like 10 minutes into the ride. I went to switch out to my, you know, lighter duty gloves and I had like two left hand ones or two right hand ones or whatever. And so I had to go back to the, the brisker gloves. And then I made that switch. I got home and kind of made the switch. I keep all this stuff together in one bag. I, recently, I've been using just like an old helmet bag um, where I just keep it all together. It's like, okay, this is one set of riding gear where it's winter stuff where I know I'm going to be able to have my base layers. I'm going to have my, you know, the right gloves, the right jerseys, the right pants in there. And I just kind of keep it all all there. Another trick with, you know, your hands being cold and this, you're going to laugh when I say this. If you just stop for five minutes and just warm up your hands, it's amazing how much better everything can feel. Obviously, if you're in some sort of a desert race or something you don't have, or, you know, enduro race or whatever it is, you're not going to have that luxury. One of the reasons why I don't do those things. One of many reasons why I don't, I, I don't race is I don't want to, I'm just out there to have fun. If I get cold and want to stop because my hands are freezing, I don't want to have to feel like, Oh, I have to keep going and get, you know, my hands so cold that they're going to snap off. So I don't lose positions or whatever. Hey, it to each his own. But for me, since I'm not like racing competitively or anything, I can just stop for five minutes and just enjoy it. I'm riding dirt bikes to enjoy it. So why would I want to be so cold that my hands feel like they're going to snap off? So I just, I'll just stop for five minutes. No shame in that. Uh, then moving on to the, to the bottom layers. Okay. So number one thing that's going to be best here, which I didn't even, I didn't even type down until I started this because it just seems so obvious is getting a good set of winter riding pants. Again, this is where the climb pants come in, in the climb Dakar series. They've got some really nice warm or cold weather riding pants in the Dakar series. They're super expensive, but I've never worn any of them out. I've ruined a couple pairs by getting them too close to a four-stroke pipe, like my knee. Uh, but they're very, they're very, uh, they're very high quality. The climb stuff, and and then one thing I like about them is they they are not super vented unless you unzip. Like you've got some zip vents that can kind of make it nicer. So if you when the temperatures do rise, inevitably maybe you want to like unzip and like get the vents open. So find some pair of pants that isn't vented all the time. It's amazing. Like some of the pants, a lot of the pants, a lot of the moto pants are vented really, really heavily around the crotch. Not a really great thing when it's cold. And it's been funny because there have been times where I've put on the wrong pants thinking like, okay, these are some more vented pants and thinking it's not going to be that big of a deal. And then I take off from the truck. I'm like, no, this is way too cold. Go back, put on some pants that aren't super vented down there around the crotch. And it makes life a little bit easier, a lot easier. Um, Let's go back to base layers though. So we talked about the, you know, the pants, which are important base layers. I'm basically using one base layer, like the, the fly racing, um, base layers that I've talked about. I'm using those 
on my legs, regardless of whether it's summer or winter. It, it helps to prevent chafing because I'm, I'm going to be wearing all the time. I'm either going to be wearing like a, a, a knee guard, knee and shin guard for going down on my knee, or I'm going to be wearing my knee braces. After I tore my ACL, once I started riding, I rode for like the next year and a half, two years. Every single ride I went on, I was wearing my knee braces. I don't wear my knee braces every single ride now. I'm kind of like hit and miss um, on that. But I'm always wearing something, and a lot, and a lot of times it'll be like the Liet. Um, I think they're the 3DF uh, knee and shin guards. Those things are awesome. I've also destroyed my most recent pair by my four-stroke pipe because I got. I was at that. I was at the AJ Catanzaro class last August or whatever, whenever it was, and I didn't even realize that I was burning a hole through my pants and through my. Uh, my knee guards. But anyway, I'm still using them, but they've got that thing. So I'm wearing these base layers year round. Uh, in the summer, it helps to prevent, you know, the chafing. Well, all the time, it helps pre- prevent the chafing of my legs with the knee braces and knee guards that I'm wearing. In the summer, it helps, you know, kind of wick that moisture away. And in the wintertime, it helps to give me a little bit of extra insulation. I don't find that I lose a ton of heat out of my legs and my lower body. So um, I'm just wearing the one the one base layer down there. I don't wear two. I've, I've worn two in the past, but it's hard to keep it from bunching up down around my, you know, my ankles or my calves. And if it, if you've got like the material and stuff bunching up down there and then down in your boot, it can make things really, really uncomfortable. And I don't like that. So I don't find that I get an extra benefit out of going with um, two base layers. I just wear the one base layer down below and it works. So get some good riding pants that uh, aren't super vented or give you the option to vent or unvent. And then as far as boots go, people ask me all the time, they're like, are there better cold weather boots than others? I haven't really found that to be the case. You know, it's a good idea to try to keep your feet dry if it's super cold, like don't drop them down into a river, obviously would be the ideal thing. Um, But here's here's the reality. My feet are soaked basically every ride. It doesn't matter whether it's hot outside or it's cold outside. There's just not a lot of breathability in these riding boots because they're made to protect us from so many things. They're not like, there's not a lot of moisture wicking down in there um, for obvious reasons. And so my feet are sweating and my socks sometimes are so wet when I'm done, you could wring them out and I haven't been in a river. So the socks are either completely damp all the way through or almost as wet as they'd be. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's not like I'd dip them down into a pool, but you get what I'm saying. The boots are soaked with sweat. The socks are soaked with sweat. It doesn't matter if it's my Garnet boots, my Fox boots, my CD boots, my uh, Alpine Star boots they're always wet. And so I don't worry so much about that because whether it's a little bit more water resistant or not, whatever, I'm going to have wet feet. So I'm going to carry with me, you know, an extra pair of socks back at the truck. I usually don't have an extra pair of socks with me out on the trail because it's, Hey, whatever, it's going to be a few hours. And, um, yeah, but I, but I'm going to carry some extra socks at the truck so that, uh, on those days when I'm really cold and whatever, and I come back with soaked feet, I can just, you know, put the dry socks on as I go back into my, into the truck or whatever. 
and that and that's kind of a nice thing to change into. So those are some of the, some of the thoughts I've had about you know dressing and preparing for colder weather rides. The main thing is just layering. I mean, they talk about that a lot. You know, in when you're going in the backcountry, is is just layering, and I and I say the same thing here. I think it's a great idea to have those different layers on us. If you're the guy that likes to have a big old bulky jacket or whatever, hey, you know, do whatever you need to. It's just you're gonna have to find some way to be able to put that. Um, my computer locked up on me, went into screensaver mode. But you're gonna have to find some way to hold that, and it's just harder for me to hold, you know, a big old thing. I'd rather have uh, these smaller layers. So that's what's really worked well for me for some of this cold weather riding, which we inevitably have to do here in the, the you know, high desert of Utah. So hopefully this information is useful to you guys. If you have suggestions on podcasts or, or YouTube videos, you can always send me an email, kyle at dirtbikechannel.com. Isn't that crazy? I still say my email on these things. So send me an email. We'll, we'll take a look at it. Um, if you haven't entered for the Dirt Bike Channel sweepstakes here in the month of March, go ahead and do that. Go to dirtbikechannel.com. All the details are over there. You can grab a shirt. You can drive, grab tie downs, a, you know, fender straps, something like that, a hat. Also, any of the orders that you place with Rocky Mountain ATV during this month here in March will also get you entries into the bike. No purchase is necessary because you can go out and, you know, send a postcard in also. So uh, go ahead and check that out. Rocky Mountain ATV, my website, dirtbikechannel.com. And then I've got some links over to Rocky Mountain ATV. I can also send you an email with the link that you can just bookmark. So pretty slick. Anyway, that's what I've got for everyone today. Hopefully everybody is having a great March day. It's March 10th as I'm recording this. I should upload this to YouTube and put it out on the podcast, uh, you know, for all the distribution here in the next day or so. So anyway, that's what we have for you. Please, please, please be safe. If there are questions that I can answer for you, send me an email, kyle at dirtbikechannel.com or customer service at dirtbikechannel.com and we'll uh, get you taken care of. So thank you so much and leave a single track.